Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. Good morning, church. Oh, wow, what a, what a song to just declare what we have already seen displayed uh, this morning and what a worship set that God is doing great things among us and those that were baptized today uh, give just a beautiful picture of confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord and as we uh, see this picture of us being buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life, we're reminded that it is not in our strength but it is Christ uh, in us and living his life through us and we rejoice in the good news of the gospel and all that has been accomplished for us through the cross Uh, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we are so grateful for you uh, just being here with us to celebrate uh, together today. Uh, You know, sometimes we think about baptism, we think about uh, some ordinances that have been given to us uh, as a church, some things that uh, the Lord has given us uh, as a church to do together. We think of baptism and of the Lord's Supper, and we'll be taking uh, the Lord's Supper next week, and we're going to be looking at these two things. And sometimes we think of those uh, as, as a picture, and, and a picture many times tells us something uh, much, much greater. Let me give you a, a few examples. You may see some of these logos and be familiar with them. Maybe you'll see some things on them that are a little different uh, today than what you've seen. You'll see a, a logo here for FedEx, and when you see uh, that logo, there's a little arrow that's pointing forward. You may not have seen that before, but uh, you'll see that on the bottom, and perhaps it's to suggest this speedy and accurate Uh, delivery. Maybe there's this thing they're trying to communicate in this logo. Uh, Maybe you're hungry for some uh, tortilla chips and some Mexican food. Maybe you've seen the Tostitos uh, logo before. Well, if you zero in on that center, you'll see a nice bowl of dip in the middle, two people that are gathering there, and a nice chip that's about to go in there. And so there's this thought that, that when we think of these chips, that we're gathering around a table and we're enjoying uh, these things together. They tell a, a little bit of a story. Now, I'm going to show you a, a picture that, uh, that my wife knows and knows Amelia pretty well. And um, <laughs> I, didn't get, I usually get permission to pick on her if I do that, but, uh, but, but we love uh, Amazon. We love it as a family. We, we, it, it's nice, and I'm not like testifying of all the greatness of our company, but we're a convenience place, right? And it's nice. Uh, you know, I think about sometimes what it'd be like to live in one of those cities where they've got the drones. Like there's a little part of me that just wants to order that and see the drone like two hours later just go, and just like bring me my, my whatever, you know, like... I'd be ordering something to drink, something to eat, like whatever. It's just awesome, right? The drone brings it in. But on the bottom of that, there's this little smile. And it is if to think that when you order that and it comes in in a few days that you're going to smile. And if you notice where that arrow goes, it's from A to Z, as if to say that you can find anything you want from A to Z just by going in there. Now, there's a symbol that uh, I would see, and I used to see it on the road, and when I would see it on the road, now we have one in our town, and so it doesn't create quite the excitement, right? I, I see Craig Kermay, our, our Chick-fil-A uh, uh, advocate here in the corner, right? But we see that, and it used to bring excitement, except on Sunday. And then, I mean, there would be a little part of me that was like really grateful that they were honoring the Lord and letting all their employees off, and then a little part of me that was a little bitter. Like, I mean, just being honest, like... Yeah, like, I mean, I know that you guys are the holier than that ones that are in here. Like, I can't believe that, right? But y'all were hungry for some chicken sometimes too, right? Now, uh, this last logo, now we only have one high school in our town. So when we see this logo, we know 
uh, what it means. And when we see it, uh, it reminds us, right, that this is our team, right? That this is, that we're, we're the Franklin Panthers, right? And so it identifies us as a part of the people. Some of us may have uh, children or may have grandchildren that play sports there. Maybe we graduated there, but it, it gives us this picture of, of whose team we're on. And so when we think about baptism, sometimes we, we see pictures that represent these messages and we can miss some things unless we take a moment and just lean in. And so I want to lean in today and look at baptism. I want to lean in over these next couple of weeks and really see uh, just the picture of what God has given us in these ordinances that he's given to the church. And I want to make this statement. If you're following along in the church app, in the sermon notes, you'll see it there. I did not put it on the screen, but I'll read it a couple of times to you. And it's this really summary thought of, of baptism. And it reads like this. Baptism is an act of faith that follows personal surrender to Jesus as Savior and Lord. It is the believer's first step of obedience in a public declaration that results in a powerful celebration in the family of God. And so we're going we're gonna to lean into that today. That's what we're going to look at. It's an act of faith that follows personal surrender to Jesus as Savior and Lord. It is the believer's first step of obedience in a public declaration that results in a powerful celebration in the family of God. Now, you might be wondering this morning, why baptism? Uh, why is it that we would do this? Why is it that we baptize people as followers of Jesus Christ? Why would a person do that? Why would uh, there be something so bold and so uh, visible? You know, we've got the shirts that those that were baptized got today that said, not ashamed. It comes out of the Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed uh, of this. And so it's this bold declaration. And we're going to see first that it's this bold declaration that follows the example of Jesus. And so in Matthew's gospel, chapter 3, we're going to see uh, this place where Jesus' ministry uh, begins. And in chapter 3, verse 13, we'll begin reading uh, together. And it says this, Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. And so we remember that John the Dunker, right, John the Baptist, that he has uh, seen Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, that he looked at him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world. And we see this moment where he looks at him and where he describes Jesus. And he says that, that the one coming after me, that, that this Messiah that is to come, I'm not even worthy uh, to tie the, the thongs of his sandals. or I'm not even worthy to tie his, his shoelaces, that this is it just that's who Jesus is in comparison to me. And so he comes to the Galilee. He arrives from Galilee and comes to the Jordan, excuse me, coming to John uh, to be baptized by him. And John tries to prevent him saying, I need, have need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answering him says, permit it at this time. For in this way, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then... He permitted him. Now, earlier in this chapter, we see baptism as a picture of repentance. And we know that Jesus had no sin. And so Jesus says this is an example uh, of righteousness. This is to fulfill all righteousness. And Jesus is identifying with all those who would turn to him in repentance. And Jesus is 
is establishing his earthly ministry. And in those moments, he is giving us this incredible picture of him doing just exactly what the Father has told him. He is modeling for us what it looks like to walk in obedience. And we would read uh, through the scriptures and we would see in Philippians that he was obedient unto death, right? Even the death of a cross. And so we see Jesus walking in obedience to his Father. And after being baptized, verse 16, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Right, a beautiful picture of the Trinity as the, we see the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. Uh, we see the Son being baptized. We see the, the Father. Uh, we see the voice uh, out of the heavens saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Baptism, it's a bold declaration, right? And it follows the example of Jesus. Not only does it follow the example of Jesus, but it follows the command of Jesus. Jesus' ministry ends, right? We we have celebrated the resurrection, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and that, uh, that he has conquered the grave. And we, uh, we see this moment where Jesus gives his marching orders, right, where he gives the great uh, commission. And we'd probably be better off to call it the great uh, commandment because he, he, it was a commandment that he gave uh, to Christ's followers. And in Matthew's gospel, chapter 28, we read these words and we've memorized these words. They're very familiar words to us. Uh, we would be uh, better not only just to memorize them and be familiar with them, but to obey them and to walk in them. And he says, go therefore and make disciples. Now, the, uh, the, the command in this passage in the main Peace here is to make disciples. Sometimes we talk a lot about the going, and we should go. We're going to be going to Honduras, and we go uh, to our neighbors. But there's also this uh, picture in the, in, the, uh, in the wording that it is as you are going, as you are uh, raising your children, and as you're discipling your families, and as you're in your workplaces, in schools, and as you are going, uh, and wherever you go. And, and in this passage, it points to the nation's even he says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And the very first thing is that we're baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so when we witness baptism today, that's the, what we declare. We baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then there's this verse that follows. And somehow we have uh, made that the finish line sometimes in the Christian faith. But what we understand is that this is really the starting point. When a person hears the good news of the gospel and comes to faith in Jesus Christ, they are baptized as a believer into a uh, discipleship, into a discipling relationship uh, where they are taught, right? And we as the church, we come baptizing, we recognize these that have been baptized that there's a responsibility uh, that we would teach them, as verse 20 says, to observe all that I, Jesus, has commanded you. And, and he gives them some encouragement. Now, if you were to go back just a little bit further, the verse before what we read, uh, we would read that when the disciples gathered with Jesus, that they gathered, and the scripture would tell us that some doubted, that they were some uh, that doubted. And we know that Jesus had appeared uh, many times in his glorified, resurrected body. And so there was not a question uh, as to whether or not Jesus Jesus had risen from the grave, but they knew that Jesus was going away and that when he would go away, that there would be a responsibility that they would have to go into all the world and to make disciples. And when the overwhelming pieces of that would come in, I believe that they were overwhelmed and there was doubt and there was, can we really walk in those things? And Jesus uh, gives them this command. And then he says, teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, 
He says, listen, you've got good news. I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. He said, this is not something that I'm leaving you alone, that it is not us, but Christ in us, uh, that we live life as a Jesus follower, uh, not us simply living for Jesus, but Jesus living his life in and through us. So we see baptism, we see it following uh, the example of Christ, we see it following the command of Christ, and we see baptism follows personal surrender to Christ, right? We see baptism follows personal surrender to Jesus. It is the first step of obedience as a Christ follower. Now, if we were to turn over to Acts chapter 2, we would see uh, the early church being birthed. We would see Peter preaching his first sermon. And in this passage, we see some things that uh, that we uh, are, are blessed by being able to lean into and look into. And in Acts 2.37, uh, we would see that after Peter has preached the good news of the gospel and he shared uh, of, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the Bible would tell us that uh, some of those that heard uh, these words, that they were pierced to the heart, that the Spirit of God uh, was convicting them. There was a conviction of their sin when Hope shared her story. Uh, there was a conviction of sin in her life. There was a conviction of a need uh, for a Savior and, and we see this, this piercing of the heart. And they said, brethren, what do we do? And Peter responded, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then we read in verse 41, we see this, this uh, beautiful picture. And it says, so then those who had received his word. Now, note here, this is past tense. Those who had received the truth about Jesus and had been saved, those who had received his word, they were baptized. And that day, now wouldn't you like to have been at this celebration, right? And that day, there were added about 3,000 souls. And what we see in the scriptures is that every instance of baptism in the New Testament following uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that it took place after a time that the gospel had been heard and accepted and this condition of faith. And, and what you're going to find as you read the New Testament, that repentance and faith are, are almost always uh, just tied immediately together. It's almost like the, uh, hard to even separate those two things. But we would see repentance uh, and faith in the gospel has been consciously fulfilled, right? This is not something that you just kind of like, I, you know, when I was little and, and like with hope, she shared, you know, I, I didn't remember. I didn't know this is, this is a time where we have consciously responded to the good news of the gospel. We've received and believed in Jesus Christ and we've trusted him as Lord and Savior and we're baptized as a believer in Christ. Listen, we're not baptized to be saved. We're baptized because we are saved. Baptism is not what saves you. We are saved by faith alone, in Christ alone. And there's no work that we add to the finished work of the cross. There's no work in, in us climbing into a pool that somehow saves us. We climb into a pool because Jesus has saved us. And we're declaring to this world what God has done uh, in our lives, right? Baptism is not a condition of salvation. It is an evidence. It is a response to salvation. It's the first step of obedience. Not only is it a first step of obedience, but it is a public declaration. It is a public declaration that follows a person's salvation. When we believe and trust in Jesus Christ, we are beginning a journey of discipleship amongst the family of God. That's what uh, the scriptures intended. It wasn't this picture of, of this is the end. We've accepted and, and we've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We've surrendered our life to him and we've been baptized and now these boxes are checked and everything's good. Now, this is the beginning of the Christian life where we grow in the family of God, this journey of discipleship. And so there's this public declaration. Now, we understand 
what public declaration looks like in our culture, right? Some of you have uh, had children recently, and like when my kids were born, we didn't have gender reveal parties. If we did, I guess, you know, maybe they hadn't got to Franklin yet. Maybe that was happening in the big city. I don't know. But we didn't have them. We didn't have gender reveals. We just didn't, we didn't even know it. Like, like we just found out, and it's like, you want to know? We're like, yeah, we want to know. Then we knew. Then we told people. We revealed it to whoever we wanted to, right? But now... It's different. Right now, they set up all these crazy things. Like there was a Cowie gender reveal. Uh, and, and, and the person's here. I, I remember getting a call from them. And they were having like a gender reveal thing here at the church. And they called me. They said, hey, I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up. I said, okay, if I set off some like dynamite caps and stuff. And, and I'm like, not in the church, right? No, and they're like, no, it's safe. I know what I'm doing. I'm like, <laughs> hang on, watch this, right? You know how that's going to happen, right? But I, I'm thinking, this is awesome. This is a Cowie Gen reveal. This is going to be awesome. And so evidently, this thing goes off. I'm not around. But I did get phone calls, and there's like, there was a loud, giant boom that's echoed through Cowie Valley. Does anybody know what it is? And I'm silent on the phone, right? <laughs> like, I know. What it is. It's a Cowie gender reveal, right? We're making this thing big and we're going. And so that's the kind of way we see all these kind of things. Now, there's this public declaration. It's something that we're excited. Like, there's this great thing that's happened and we're going to tell the world. And I want, to know, I want you to know that when we've placed our faith and trust and we've been saved by the grace of God, the greatest thing that's ever happened in our life has taken place. And baptism publicly declares our repentance and our faith in Jesus Christ. It is a public declaration of our personal salvation. And that's why it happens only after you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Now, I've got my wedding ring on and I have shared often this week with people that were being baptized and used it as an example of just baptism and this picture that we see there. Now, I've got it on and I've got one of those little squishy wedding rings. I don't have the original issued one that Sherry and I had when we got married. It probably wouldn't even slide on my finger right now, right? And But when we got married, we placed these rings on our, our hands and we exchanged vows that day, but they told a bigger story. Like I, when I look at this ring, it represents so much. I remember when, when I first met my wife and we began to talk and we began to uh, just kind of uh, hang out a little bit and we began to become friends. And then I remember a car accident that we went through and I remember us walking through all these times and we gathered on that wedding day and we exchanged our vows and we said that until death do us part, right, through the good times and the bad times and, and, and we remember at wedding ceremonies that we hear something like this that is a sign and seal and symbol of the vows that you've took today. You're going to exchange rings. And we talk about how beautiful these rings are and how they tell a story and all the symbolism that's there. And, and it would be crazy for me to marry way out of my league like I did and take this thing off and not want the world to know that like I belong to her, right? And, and when she holds up her rock, and I don't know how big the rock is in these days from what it was then, but when you were poor back in the days, it it was, it was, it was all, man, it was like, it was like your mortgage and everything you got, right? No, but you got these things. And when she holds it up, it's like, hey, I belong to someone. I, I am taken. And, and how crazy it would be for me not to want to declare that to the world. But even more crazy than that, it makes no sense to, for someone to say, I'm following Jesus Christ and not want to go public in baptism. Scripture has no concept in the New Testament there is no concept of unbaptized believers in Scripture. One pastor said it this way. He said, an unbaptized believer is like an oxymoron. He says, like a jumbo shrimp. <laughs> it's like Microsoft works. <laughs> Never. 
right? I'm a Mac guy. So anyway, but it's this picture, right, of being united in Christ. It's the first step of obedience. It's a public declaration. But I want to tell you even more than that. It is a gospel celebration for the family of God. Baptism is a celebration of the gospel. These that we're entering into this baptismal waters today, we've come as families and we come and we're so proud and we're engaged in, in being so excited for them. But I want you to know, it, it is not about them. It is incredible. We come together and, and it's not look at what they have done. But as they go into that baptismal water, we're reminded of what Christ has done. That he still continues to save people and that the work of the cross continues to be sufficient for any who would believe in him and we come into this baptismal water recognizing our sin and our desperate need for a savior and recognizing that that it is his grace and his forgiveness that's been accomplished through the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ that has made us whole and we come into that waters declaring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we've been buried with him in baptism and that we've been raised to newness of life and the church comes together and we have this gospel celebration as we rejoice in what God has done. In Romans chapter 6 verse 3 the scripture says do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death therefore we've been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father that we too might walk in newness of life for if we have been become united with him in the likeness of his death certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. We identify with Christ. We are baptized, uh, identifying with him in the death, burial, and resurrection. We are identifying with a family of believers, right? Why do we get baptized? Well, the primary reason is because we've been born again. We've been saved. We, we are baptized because we follow the example of Christ. We are baptized because we are obedient uh, to Christ. We're obeying the command of Christ. We're also baptized recognizing that we're becoming part of the body of Christ. Ephesians 4 would tell us that there is one faith, that there's one baptism, that, that there is one body, right? Verse 4, one, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and and through all and in all who should be baptized right we see this picture of why we're baptized who should be baptized well i'll start out with who should not be baptized if you have been baptized as a believer according to the teachings of jesus you do not need to be baptized again there's one baptism it follows salvation uh, we as uh, a church, we baptize by immersion when we read uh, the scriptures. Uh, it is the symbol that is best represented in that way. When we look at the Greek, uh, it is a, a transliteration, really, of a word called baptizo. And there wasn't an English word that really worked for uh, exactly. It would, it, it, there were English words that probably would have worked, uh, maybe submerge or uh, dunk. There's, there's other words, but they transliterated that word and, and became uh, a new word, baptism. We, we read uh, other places where it would talk about um, other ways that it would be used, and it was this picture of dipping and submerging. As we read the scriptures in John 3, John would baptize in a certain place because there was plenty of water there. When uh, baptized by John, we read that Jesus came up out of the water. Uh, we read in Acts 8, and I wish we had time to just lean into all these stories, but we read of Philip and this Ethiopian 
Ethiopian eunuch and we see uh, him engage and share the gospel with him, this Ethiopian eunuch says, hey, what prevents me from being baptized? And he says, if you believe with all your heart that you can, he says, look, here's the water. What prevents me? And he says, if you believe with all your heart, you can. And he was baptized. They pulled the chariot over. He was baptized uh, immediately. And what we see is that they both went down into the water and that Philip baptized him and they came up out of the water. Baptism gives us this picture of us leaving the wilderness of, and the mar and mess of our sin, uh, the, the, the mire and the clay and the mess that we're in. For those of you that were here on Easter, uh, just a quick update. The camper that I had gotten stuck, I decided to try it on the third day. It had dried out just enough. I backed it right out. It was a blessing, right? Right out of the mess. And so here's this deal, right? It's this symbolism out of our sin into new life of faith and obedience And it's this testimony of our identification with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you're here, here's what I want to tell you today. If you're here and you have never been baptized as a believer, I want to encourage you uh, to do it. I want to encourage you to take a step of obedience. If you have never been baptized since you have trusted in Jesus Christ, you need to be baptized as a believer. And I want to encourage you to do it. I want to encourage you even to consider doing it uh, today. If you're here and you would say, I've never trusted in Jesus uh, for salvation, uh, you need a Savior not a symbol. You need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and be born again into the family of God. But what we see in the New Testament is you can do that first and then you can enter in to the baptismal waters declaring that Jesus is Lord of your life. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're like my daughter. Maybe you're like Hope and you look back at your life. And maybe you're a, a young person and you've been saved and you remember being convicted of your sin. You remember uh, you know, being uh, saved and, and baptized. You do not need to be baptized again. Uh, if, if it was an authentic experience for you and you believe the gospel, then you don't need to be baptized again. But maybe you're like Hope. Maybe you're like Chloe where you would say, you know what? Uh, what happened to me when I was a child, it wasn't my decision. It wasn't something that was meaningful to me. It wasn't something that I remember. It's not something I'm going to stand on. And, and maybe you're here this morning. And, and what's important for us to understand in this is as we read in Acts 2.37 is that the Holy Spirit pierces hearts. And if there's a conviction in your heart, I don't know how long Hope had walked under conviction feeling like she needed to respond to the gospel and for not wanting to disappoint me or for not wanting to, to, to go through something that, that maybe other people might think something of or whatever. But I want you to know I couldn't have been any more proud when she testified to me that she had trusted Jesus for salvation and that it was her decision. So maybe that's you. Sometimes I get a question, what if I was sprinkled as a kid? What if I was baptized as a kid? I'm worried that it might upset my parents if I take that step of obedience and being baptized. And and we're not going to talk about all the different traditions, but in that tradition, I believe they were basically uh, doing something that we declare when we do a a, a parent-child dedication where we would say, you know, it is our hope that this person would walk in the covenant family of God. And, And I would not encourage you to look at this as anything that would be disappointing, but that is something that would say the desire that your parents had when you were young, that you might walk and follow Jesus and be part of the covenant family of God, that you are owning that and that you believe in Jesus and then your own decision. It was a decision your parents made back then and said, hey, you, you need to, uh, you, 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 you were dedicated or you were uh, baptized in that way, but now you can own that decision for yourself and be baptized as a believer in obedience to Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you, if you've never trusted Jesus, take a step, trust him for salvation today. Uh, believe and be Baptized. If you've never been baptized, if you have never taken that next step of obedience, but you have been born again into the family of God, you've been saved, you know that there's been a time in your life that you've surrendered your life to Christ, that you've responded to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that you've been saved, but you've never been biblically baptized, I want to invite you today 
even in these moments, to come and in obedience to Christ, to be baptized as a believer. We're going to put the ladder back up here in just a few minutes, and we're going to just trust God. If, if God speaks to your heart and you say, you know what, I, I'm going to walk in obedience uh, to, to Christ, uh, we've got some extra clothes, we've got things that are around, and if we don't, uh, you'll be better home, to go home wet and obedient uh, than to go home dry and convicted that you've once again disobeyed God. It's time that the people of God are obedient to God. I don't want to manufacture anything in the midst, but if the Spirit of God is convicting your heart, then walk in obedience. Some of you are saying, I didn't come prepared, neither did those 3,000 that walked in. I'm just going to tell you that they, that they didn't come prepared, but they come and were engaged uh, by the Holy Spirit of God, and they responded in obedience. And so I want to encourage you to take whatever step God's calling you to. Our, our pastors are going to be uh, up front. I'm going to pray for us here in a moment. We're going to put the ladder back in. If God is speaking to you and you want to walk in obedience and take that step of baptism, come and see us. If you need to be saved, uh, come and, and declare that, tell that uh, to one of our pastoral team to, to, to come see me. Uh, we would love uh, to talk with you. If you're a child, if you're in uh, fifth grade or below, we want you to come with a parent if, if you're in that place and we want to talk to you in those things. But we want to be obedient uh, to Christ and we want to walk in obedience to him. Uh, we want to honor God in that. And I believe God the Father looks down and says, these are my beloved children in whom I'm well pleased. I want to pray for us. Father, we are thankful that Lord, you've given us an incredible picture. God, you've given us a demonstration this morning of people of different ages and different times where they've been willing uh, to trust you, God, and to walk in obedience at the command uh, of your spirit, Father, and, and to walk in obedience, Lord, to your command that you've given us to be baptized, Lord, that you uh, have allowed us to see your example that we could follow in. And so, Lord, I pray, God, for every person gathered in this room. God, I pray that as we go into this time that we would worship, God, that it wouldn't be a time of, uh, of, of going to try to figure out how to get our kids or to do things, but a time that we might just reflect and worship and declare how great you are, that it might be a gospel celebration, Lord. And I pray that in the power of your spirit, God, that you would speak to people in this room, God, and that we would respond in obedience to you, Lord, and that we would leave, God, with hearts clear and with minds, Lord, that have just centered on you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you that, uh, God, you, you've given us new life in Christ for all who would believe, Lord. And we uh, ask you, Lord, to do a work in us, God, that only you could do. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Will you stand with me and be obedient this morning as God speaks to your heart?